Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this episode of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. It's football season. That's about all we need to know. We have finally reached the football preview show. This is this is what since we took over the podcast, this is what the three of us have been looking forward to the entire time. Uh, and in order to do that, we even brought on a fourth. So as always, <laughs> Steve Haller here with us as, you know, per usual, except for Pregler, who shows up whenever he feels like it. Uh, Andy Pregler and Christian Guzman and joining a special guest, Mike Ostrowski. How are we doing? Well, doing at least, amazing. yeah, at least Syracuse isn't uh, regretting hiring Scott Frost now. <laughs> it is. Nebraska has joined the pantheon of former 90s schools that are now bad. However, have a fan base that would like them to be a nine to ten win team every year. Which is uh, you why know. that which is why that the Big Ten exists for USC and UCLA. Do I was know, gonna do say we know anything about this? <laughs> I was gonna say I think it's Nebraska, Syracuse, uh um, then maybe that's it. I cause I don't think BC's fans give a shit. Right. I don't think UCLA's fans give a shit. <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. Uh Texas fan Texas, uh, unlike the schools that we have mentioned has a money cannon they just well, don't know where to aim it <laughs> also texas and also texas still thinks they're good also true. yes texas is back texas, texas is back is always back how long has how long has texas been back for no texas football <laughs> is the equivalent of kale they are always about to get back in this <laughs> oh no no <laughs> Had say to bring it two full more circle. times. And, <laughs> say it two more times, and a wild Keeley will appear. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we, we've reached the eve. We are officially on. Except, that the was week. twenty. That was before we get into the football. That was twenty thirteen, right? The Syracuse Cal game. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. That so was this, my. So, that was my junior, junior or senior year. I forget which one that was. So that's I, thirteen or fourteen, right? Yeah, maybe you're making him do year. math. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so on the ten-year anniversary of that, we need Keeley to come back and like write like a in-depth op-ed of Cal's back. Absolutely, Cal get back into this. Oh, that'd be great. Absolutely great. So, wait to to continue the um, Steve is old train. So, you were a junior, Christian. You were not remotely close to enrolling. 
And Mike, you're there now, so there's no chance in hell you knew what was going on. So, uh, yeah. I'm a junior. I didn't follow Syracuse football till I got here. So. Oh, boy. Well, so all, so all you've known is pain and suffering. Congratulations. Welcome to Syracuse. Right. See, that's that's the other problem is like on the Steve is old train. I actually had a point where I remembered the good times like you guys have. Ju- it's it's like Star Wars. You guys have just lived under the Empire. You, you're in the dark times. So we don't know anything else. <laughs> I distinctly remember my first Star Wars being episode two. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, that's another rabbit hole we can dive down in sometime that isn't the season preview show because we got <laughs> yeah, we a lot of things get to, to talk about here. <laughs> we should probably get to the season preview. <laughs> yeah, uh, Syracuse, Syracuse football is about to kick off uh, this Saturday night at 8 p.m., which I was with. I was actually at a Syracuse wedding this past weekend, one of the many weddings that I've been going to where I haven't been showing up on the show because I have gotten wickedly hungover. Um, not saying that's not the case here, but this one was just like next door, so much easier situation. Right. He made it however, back hungover this time. Exactly. Um, however, I was in a car with an Uber full of like drunk people, and we're going back. We're talking about how Syracuse football is going to start this weekend. Uh, and they were like, oh, when, when is so we're all getting together on noon on Saturday to watch the game, right? Because we are all so accustomed <laughs> to the nooners. And then when I said 8 p.m., they looked at me and they went, we're not getting drunk that late for Syracuse football. So that is the, that is where the program is at right now. Um, primetime the- games are actually not appreciated by alumni. <laughs> we like our lunch, t- we like our brunch and lunch uh, football specials. Right. If I'm and not then cooking to go bacon about at the tailgate, something is wrong. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'll and I'll be I'll be sleeping in the press box at about 11:30. <laughs> so cool. yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a joy. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. Um, but before we get into the Louisville preview, let's for those that may only be tuning into this show for the first time this off season. Um, and have not been paying attention to Syracuse football camp because, to be fair, there's only a handful of outlets that actually cover camp uh, with any bit of consistency. Uh, cough, cough, wink, wink. You should read newsmagician.com. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, for the record, I had to choke back a to be fair after that just because uh, if anyone didn't see the Letterkenny references on the site, um, it it was it was a great article from Kevin. So I, I have to I have to throw that one out there. <laughs> uh, and if anyone hasn't seen Leonard Kenny, watch the show. It's funny. It's it's on my list of of things to do. That and Shorzy, uh, both both there for Canadian hockey love. Um, the well, this is partially why we brought Michael on because Michael is one of the bodies that has been following the football team this off season. Uh, obviously, you are in Syracuse uh, as well, so that should give a hint that you're going to be covering the team all this season. So I think off the top, the first thing that we have to talk about, because for whatever reason, everybody wants to talk about the quarterback position, like it's an important position or something. Jeez, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> Garrett Schrader is the starting quarterback. I think that there what? is a lot of... <laughs> no, no, Tommy, I, I can yeah. confirm as of today, Tommy DeVito is the starting quarterback. Illinois and looked really good. Oh, wrong, wrong orange, and, wrong orange, blue team. Sorry, he just went there because he liked the classic uniforms. You can't tell me that's not. You can't tell me that's not like the pre twenty nineteen Q's uniforms. Oh yeah, because he remember because he wanted to go back to a time when he remembered he had an offensive line. Mm. Oh funny. no, I th- I just I just think he didn't want to uh, he didn't want to change his workout gear. Like he just got to keep all the stuff, and they just threw an eye over the block S. Otherwise, like he got to keep all the Nike warm ups. Everything looks the same. He doesn't have to get a whole new wardrobe. 
I mean, he also yeah. didn't know that he could have stayed and worked under a quarterback coach and uh, offensive coordinator that could have actually used him, and that made him look like a potato. That is also true. Uh, for those wondering, Tommy <laughs> DeVito in the Week Zero game against Illinois, uh, Illinois beat Wyoming thirty-eight to six. DeVito went twenty-seven of thirty-seven for one hundred and ninety-four yards and two touchdowns, and he only ran the ball twice. Um, which I He's- think it. Yeah. He said post game as well. That was probably the first time in three years he had not been sacked. Mm, yeah, that sounds right. He's not wrong. Uh, Garrett Schrader, on the other hand, will be running and will take more than all the sacks that Tommy DeVito gets this year by week three, probably. Um, not because of the offensive line, but because of the way that Garrett Schrader plays. Michael, I think we'll start with you on this. There were a lot of people who were kind of hoping that someone else would step up and surpass Garrett Schrader because of the obvious weaknesses that we saw in the passing game last year. However, it sounds like Garrett Schrader has definitely, from the limited action that we've seen, Schrader has improved on some of those throwing mechanics. Uh, The other part of it is that the backup quarterback room kind of became a giant question mark that is probably the most contested position battle uh, this spring, if for no other reason than it was literally a come and take it kind of uh, kind of competition. Absolutely. Now, I'll say I'm really high on Carlos Del Rio Wilson. You know, absolutely the newest addition of the group. Probably would have been Justin Lampson if he didn't get injured in the spring. But that's. Uh, I do have to say it's refreshing to have a good second option in case Schrader is the same Schrader as we saw last year and he actually didn't fix his passing mechanics. Um, but, but who knows? Maybe we won't even have to have this conversation in a couple of weeks. Right. And I, um, I don't oop, Go ahead, Chris. I, we're we're going to have this conversation in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm, <laughs> I'm new to this, so I'm going right. to try to be just a little. <laughs> see, see, I, see I'm like, I'd like you. I built a brand of being the pessimistic one. So that's, that's, that's my role here. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Uh, middle name cynical, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you were—I mean, you were at the spring game as well, Mike. So, like, you saw drill. I mean, I don't know if you've seen him much this spring, or if you were able to attend any of the open sessions or whatever. But it looked like Schrader, even even in just the one-on-ones, it looked like his mechanics were significantly different in the limited time he had with an A and Beck when we were sitting there. I know you, me, and Kevin were talking about it at the spring game, and if he can develop that, I think I think at least it gives us a viable one. And like you said, having a 1A, 1B, if if Lamson is healthy again, because that's the latest thing that came up, is he's back in practice. He's not running fulls, but he's back in practice. So if you've got a, a competition for, you know, two and two, then it puts us in a lot better spot than we've been in a lot of years. Yeah, and I think, I think to Christian's kind of point, the – the issue with Syracuse this year that we're going to say a billion times is just like the schedule does us no favors. Like I, I was doing the, um, when I was doing the season preview for Syracuse that I did, I always look at S and P plus just to be like a general, I think some people get caught up in the rankings of SP plus. And while rankings are kind of nice to see like where Syracuse is in terms of a one to 162, the more important thing to look at with SP plus is the actual team rating value. Like there is an actual number that will put Syracuse on a spectrum with the rest of the schools. And what really stood out to me is not that Syracuse has a, uh, a schedule of schools that are, um, you know, ranked higher than Syracuse and SP plus. 
we are playing teams that are, according to this metric, magnitudes better than the orange on both sides of the ball. It's not a situation where we're going up against, you know, a 25th ranked team and they are 30 slots better than a 60th ranked Syracuse or something. This is a situation where we're looking at a pit, we're looking at an NC State, we're looking at even a Louisville, where there is at least one, if not both units uh, on either side of the ball that are considered magnitudes better than Syracuse at a level consistent with top 10 teams in this country. And I think that's like, we're going to, this, this, the one thing that you can pull away from SP plus when you're looking at the ACC in retrospect is that there are three teams this year that are on another planet, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio state. Like whoever plays them, if you are not a top 10 team, you are going to get buzzsawed. You are going to get killed. It's going to be rough. Then there's like a group of schools between four and 10 that are all roughly the same. And in that group is both Clemson and Notre Dame who are on Syracuse's schedule this year. And just below that tier is a bunch of very good schools that include Pitt and NC state, which are also on Syracuse's schedule. Uh, And those games are on the road. Like it's so the quarterback conversation comes into play with this because as much as I want to root for Garrett Schrader, that dude is going to get beat up. And whether he has control over the situation or not, he's going to look bad because these defenses are really good. And I'm wondering, just like Christian, just in your mind, as we kind of move through this season, if we get to a point, worst case scenario, we, we get to six losses with four or five weeks left to go in the year. Like the wheels have completely fallen off. Every Like we're looking at like a two and six record or something. Is that the point when we basically turn it over to the rest of the quarterback room and say, show us what you got because we Garrett was to compare it to my Pittsburgh Steelers. He's playing the Mitch Trubisky role of just your experienced. We know that we know what we you can do. Take the beating and let's let the kids figure it out at the end of the year. Once we're through the roughest patch of the schedule. I think it's going to be earlier. If that, if we get to that case, I think yes. Uh, Everyone, let's put one of the big things out there first. This is not a Dino Babers hot seat year because mm-hmm. Syracuse can't afford to buy him out. So Babers is going to be back next year. However, what can help him next year when his contract is starting to wind down is having a quarterback that he can trust past the 2022 season. Right. And so if Schrader's not getting it done early, we're going to see Del Rio Wilson or if Lampson is actually not injured, Lampson. And I think I think we're going to see them sooner rather than later, as later, especially if Syracuse can't get past, let's say, yeah, if they can't get past that first week, first half of the season without getting two wins from Louisville, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner. Yeah, and that seems that seems viable. Um, the other thing, I mean, you don't dump all the money into bringing in the assistance that we did, uh, and then can them after a single year. So on top of, on top of not being able to buy out, uh, Mr. Babers, we're also not gonna, you know, hang out those contracts on all the assistance as well. So, um, I think, I think you're right. I think we're. We're in for the hall, and uh, I don't know. I, it's that's probably an accurate spot as, as far as when we would when we would bail on Trader if need be. 
Yeah, I think uh, SP Plus has us at just over four wins, with the two basically guaranteed wins being uh, Wagner and UConn, um, which is fair. And I think that that's that's like a good, you know, this is why you should pack your schedules with UConn's and Wagner's when you're Syracuse. Like, you need those guaranteed wins in these tumultuous times. Uh, How confident is UConn feeling after week zero, though? (laughs) What happened to UConn in week zero? Did I miss a memo here? No, they scored 50 points. Against who? Hawaii. But Oh, wait, no, that was... Actually, no, that was... Van, a that was game. Vandy. That was, that was Vandy, never mind. Oh, this was Utah State, never mind. Lol. <laughs> just, okay. just continue. Just continue. Yep, and, just, so, and, and UConn lost to Utah State, 31-20. Yeah. to 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn is bad. That, UConn that's is very why, bad. That's why I got it mixed up, because UConn and Vandy have been following the same trajectory for pretty much the last five years. So, Down. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. So Michael, Michael, I'm I'm curious as to what you think here. Like on the offensive side of the ball, we've talked about the quarterback a lot, but really Steve kind of hit on the most exciting, quote unquote, exciting part of this season, which is there are new assistants coming in that are basically expected to kind of revamp the offense and are used to working with a true running dual threat quarterback. Um, uh, just what is your vibe? What is your what have you kind of noticed or heard when it comes to the offense? Has there been any noticeable changes that uh, that people are talking about? Or are there players that we should be kind of on the lookout for that could thrive in this new system who are not named Sean Tucker? Well, I think when the, with the new system that we brought in, really, you need to just get the passing game to passable. But it's, it's like the focus is not just to be passable. It's to be a pass-heavy offense, an air raid offense. And it all depends on... Can you get the deep ball connection with Damian Alford? He, I've been super high on him for anybody that's been reading my stuff over the summer. I think he's the X factor. If you can get somebody that you can, as long as you can keep the running game going with Tucker and open up the deep ball, then it just comes down to can Schrader throw the ball 40, 50 yards when necessary, which if he doesn't, there's definitely two guys right behind him that can or have that luxury. I do think as good as the assistants that we brought in are Dr. Bob and, of course, Josh Beck, um, Trader will get better. Will he be that top? He's not going to be Eric Dungy, but if he just has to be decent enough to keep the offense rolling, doesn't have to be pretty all the time, I think they can at least get that much done. I would I would like to see a more pass heavy attack, but I think the re I think this is going to be an interesting thing. I was talking about this in the comment section with somebody. Um, obviously, Dino Babers is not in charge of the offense anymore. But back when Dino Babers was just like in his heyday and learning this system under Art Bryles, Art Bryles was a run first team that used the passing game to open up the run game. And it seems like when you've got Sean Tucker in the backfield. <laughs> That could be you could get re- you can get really interesting with some pass specific sets um, that you then give the ball to a light box uh, and Sean Tucker just runs over everybody because this man is a this man is a beast. And I, as Steve, I know that you've talked about this a bunch before, like you don't bring in a guy like Schmidt as an offensive line coach if you're not trying to enact a very specific style of downhill blocking more common in a run game than you see in a, in a traditional like pocket passing game. So I, I you know, kind of ch- let's, let's talk about the guy who deserves all of the praise 
in Sean Tucker. The guy is an absolute beast. He's going to get his touches this year. Um, Christian, I'm kind of intrigued. Do you think that this is going to be a year where we see Tucker get less touches just because of a freshness? There's more bodies in the running back room that we want to try out and see. Or do we see him getting the same workload as last year, um, but him being more active in the passing game because his pass blocking is, um, well, there's 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 something to be desired there. John Tucker can pass block? No. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I think Tucker does get less touches. And it's back to a point that we brought up a couple of times, and it seems like this is developing in camp. Syracuse seems to have a number two that they think they can trust because it looks like LeQuinn Allen might be a very, very good viable option. And it sounds like from the reports in camp that he's outright won the number two job, uh, which should be very, very good. And even then, you still have a very viable third option in Juwan Price. So there's options now in the running back room that Syracuse didn't necessarily have when Tucker, especially last year for Tucker. There was a reason why Tucker got a lot of the numbers he did last year, and that's just because out of necessity, he needed to be on the field just because he was the only good option and pretty much the only option that Syracuse had in the running game, not named Garrett Trader. So, yeah, want to ideally, again, because of a usage and now because you have options, not give the ball to him as much. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, is is the is it too tempting to have Sean Tucker there and just hand the ball off to him? Like from an OC standpoint, no matter what, you're like dialing stuff up, and you're like, well, we can just give it to Tucker on an inside zone and get five yards. Like that's a it's a given. So like the restraint that the new staff is going to have to show into not overusing him, I think past being precedent, they're going to, but. It, it's always there in the back of the mind of, you know, just give it to the guy who can do it because we know he can do it. Now, I was actually right in front of him. <laughs> I was actually going to bring this up, Steve. You 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 actually kind of hit on something and I wanted to look at the stats to see if it was true. And I kind of is um, Sean Tucker's attempts per game are almost directly correlated to if Syracuse was ever in that game to win it or not. Um, so for example, the only games where Sean Tucker had over 20 carry or Sean Tucker did not have 20 carries in either of the, in any of the last three games where Syracuse went, uh, they lost to Louisville, lost to NC state, lost to Pitt. He had 13, he had 19, 13, 13 touches respectively. Uh, <laughs> not great. Um, he only had 13 carries in the Rutgers game. A little, little odd there. That game plan is again, just one of the biggest questions I have in the entire Dino Babers history of tenure. Uh, and then he only had 13 carries in the Albany game because Albany, but in all the Syracuse wins, he had at least 20 touches on the ground. And in the losses that he had 20, uh, more than 20 touches, they were Clemson, which we lost by three wake, which went into overtime and we lost by three and Florida state where we lost by three. So pretty much any game that Syracuse had a remote chance of winning the offensive coordinator went to what is the safe option? What is what is going to keep us keep us in this game? And it was give the ball to Sean Tucker. And to me, 
I think you hit the nail on the head. That's a really hard habit to give up when you've just got that kind of chilling in the backfield. Oh, it's like you're playing with a cheat code in a video game. Like you don't, (laughs) if you have the option, you're going to use it. Like give me infinite lives all the time and go for it. But But let's uh, also talk about the other cheat code that Syracuse has there, which should also help Tucker if they decide like, hey, Tucker's mm -hmm. too valuable. We might as well use him as the guy that wears number five. Because remember, in the last games of the season as well, Chris Elmore was injured. And so that could also have correlated to Syracuse decreasing the touches for Tucker. It's because right. they didn't, didn't have, have the they didn't have some guy who could be mistaken for an offensive lineman because he was in 2020 to block for him. Well, and that's if you look at the Rutgers game, he wasn't there for that either for various reasons. So is there a direct correlation between Mr. Elmore and Mr. Tucker? And both of them doing very good things. Correlation is, is not Chris equal causation. Elmore the X factor? Is, it, Cor- is Chris <laughs> Elmore the X factor for the Syracuse Orange? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think we all have said that at numerous points. <laughs> I had a discussion. Let's continue. Right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, you know you know what uh, Chris, uh, Chris Elmore needs? Chris Elmore needs a home field apparel t-shirt. That's what he needs. God. <laughs> home field apparel the sponsor of the noons magician podcast they are just absolutely thriving now that it is almost college football season now that it is almost football season um home field is about uh or launched their indianapolis colts collection so now they've gone big league on us connor don't forget about where you came from buddy uh don't forget us who got you there uh now that they're big time nfl uh clothing outfitter uh i'm happy for we love home field all kidding aside they're great their t-shirts are comfortable if you're watching Uh, the stream you're seeing two of them (laughs) yeah they have like the classic auto that just looks amazing and i have that on my hoodie i can't wait till it's hoodie season and i can wear that every day um i'm wearing the vita the goat shirt which may be my favorite retro mascot shirt don't tell auto that i have a favorite that's not auto auto will get sad (laughs) oh you got that means means you'll just that means you'll just get sad. <laughs> yes. Speaking it is, it is sad. Sad realizations. Uh, my son apparently is too smart for his own good and uh, already has asked the, is that a real person under there? Oh. So, so Pregler, Pregler, you got name dropped of, yep, that, you know, one of my good buddies was an auto. It's fine. <laughs> No, it's, really, it's it's a it's it's one of those Boston dynamic robots that's underneath <laughs> that uh, costume. <laughs> don't don't give many ideas. <laughs> the autos oh will gosh. be out of a job. Yeah, we, we lost another job to Boston. Uh, <laughs> no, I think Steve. I, Steve, I think you sent me an auto photo at some point, but I was heavily drinking and I saw it and went, "Oh, that's cute," and then lost my phone. That uh, was right so before terrible. that conversation. So. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Uh, anyway, home field apparel. They love mascots. They love you. Use promo code noons N U N E S for 10% off your first order at home field apparel. Uh, get ready and, for college football season. They're going to, they're going to be ready to go. And Connor talk to Rhino and make a Rhino Syracuse shirt and we will all buy it. They made a peacock one for um, Jabari Parker. No, who was the uh, Auburn player? Jabari uh, Jabari Smith. Damn it. I don't watch enough college basketball. I only watch Syracuse college basketball. Football's the football's where you get me watching the whole sport, not college basketball. I, my brain was in Wakanda when you said Jabari, so um 
<laughs> I, I wasn't even on the basketball train. I was I was back watching Black Panther. It's fine. Oh, great movie. Can't wait for the second one. Uh, let's it's talk. Good. It's so good. Uh, I was going to try to make a like self-shield <laughs> reference here, um, but I couldn't figure it out. Let's talk about defense. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball here. Hey, what, do, uh, hey hold on. There's a whole lot of large men that did not get their due. Steve, we're gonna I pro, we're gonna go we're gonna do trench talk trench talk okay, before okay, okay. before Louisville talk. We're gonna just go both <laughs> ways here. Because uh, the the one position that I do want to talk about uh, on the defensive side of the ball is the, is the defensive backs. Um, we'll get to again. We'll get to the trenches in a second. Linebacker unit. Really effing good. Right. There's, Check. Is is there is there that, and I hate to not give them their due, but much like Rhino and Tucker, is there really anything we need to talk about with the linebackers? Like, we know our starting three. There is. They're all there really is. good. There is. Where are we going yeah, we next? Know, yeah, we, we know they're starting three. Who's behind them? Three because other guys? We've gotten, we've gotten lucky so far. Well, we've gotten lucky so far where we didn't really need to know who was behind the other Right. The other linebackers. I believe on the proposed depth chart, it will be, uh, is it Derek McDonald? Yeah. Uh, Anwar Sparrow and Leon Lowry is what's being reported or the likely. Okay. So McDonald, I know, hasn't seen that much playing time, but in Lowry and Sparrow have mainly just been special teams players. Yep. So, man, this could get interesting if. Unless you're seeing something else, Mike. I think I I was going off of a uh, uh, Bailey tweet. (laughs) Because, you know, standard. uh, we made it to 30 minutes before a Steve Bailey reference. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I I mean, I haven't seen anything, so I think that's, yeah, but if one of my Cal Marlowe or Stefan Thompson goes down, this this gets dicey real quick. That's true. Now, at the same time, you also have Steve Linton, who you could shift back to his prior position, because he weighs, <laughs> you know, as much as a DB. Yeah. So there's there's options, but none of them are great. But to be fair, like all these guys that we're talking about um, for the starting three have been relatively healthy. Um, so again, you never want to bank on health in college football. But you never know. Exactly. And not when you're playing on the turf, you don't know. No. Yo, yeah. The character. I, I keep forgetting about how the yeah the turf is like a whole other whole other thing. That was a nice um, stop on Carrier, by the way. Oh, I'm, I'm proud of you for cutting that out. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not I forget, honestly, anymore, sir. I really. I for one welcome our new overlords, GMA wireless. Our, our new wireless overlords. God, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't wait for the PA in the dumb first game. Good evening, fans, and welcome to the JMA wireless dome. It's gonna feel I, so. Awkward. I won't be able to hear it. I'll be in the press no box. There's no, no chance I'll be able to hear it. No one will. No. Um, the other unit I want to talk about on defense is the defensive backs. Um, listen, Syracuse is just. Again, Stephen Bailey uh, was posting up videos of more freshmen just coming on and looking absolutely amazing at the defensive back position. Um, this is becoming a unit where we know how good Syracuse is at recruiting these kids. 
Um, they're just they're pressing all the right buttons. Um, but so we're looking at Deuce and Garrett as your two corners, which man, grass, grass is green really... and yeah. <laughs> we are Iron- really we're I- ironically. Really Ironically, the lack of depth we have at uh, linebacker has completely flipped on his head when we go to the defensive back. Yeah, which is um, weird I'm looking when for... you go from last year when we were like, "All right, what are we going to do when everybody was getting injured?" Yeah, well, that was two years ago. Oh yeah, because remember Sorry. during the pit game? Because remember when the, during the pit game when Jahad Carter showed up and we we're like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> right. Then we're like, "Yeah, I like this guy." <laughs> Great. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Jeremiah Wilson, a uh, true freshman out of Florida, who's just making one-handed interceptions against the number one wide receiver group on like corner, uh, corner balls. Um, like this is, this is a unit that again, we're playing a three, three, five. There's going to need to be multiple guys out there. The only real question mark comes down to the safety position. And, and Steve, I know that we've talked about this a lot, like in kind of on previous shows, um, just in general, it seems like Justin Barron is going to get a look there. Um, you know, we also, there's, you know, a rotating, uh, list of bodies that have come in and played some version of, of a safety. I'm, I'm interested to see if there's more rotation in these safety rover positions than we've had in past years. That being said, Barron is a more prototypical body and type of player for that rover in that it's more of a true tackler run stopper than an additional ball hawking safety. He reminds me when you look at Justin Barron compared to uh, other names that have been tossed around at that position, he reminds me a lot more of that first year of Tony white when we had, you know, all of the Cisco trill, Melifonwu, blah, 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 the, the, the all-star cast back there. He reminds me a lot more of those bodies than what, you know, no offense to Rob Hanna, but he's not a large human being. Um, no, what makes you say? <laughs> I, does, does he he does he crack one seventy? That's a great question. Let's look that up. <laughs> so I mean, Baron Baron has looked the athletic part, and he has looked the um, the the size part of playing that position. So I don't know. It seems like we're we're kind of rounding that into where we need it to be. Um, and I think he had some injury issues last year that kept him out when he was kind of starting to jump onto the fringes of getting some game time there. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes and uh, who he's paired with, but it seems right now the starting three are, I believe, what is it probably looking like Clark, him and Jihad. Yep. That was, that was the initial starting five at the first week of camp. Yeah. Right now it might be right now before before Jason Simmons went down. Right. It was Carter Simmons and Clark. And Andy, you weren't here when we talked about this last week, but it seems like no matter what Elijah Clark is penciled in to be somewhere among the <laughs> safeties. And I I mean as much as there are body and size issues. Side note Hannah is 170, but again Rosters usually inflate the weight. Um, as much as there are size issues in terms of Clark being a prototypical safety, the skill set is there. And he's not going to overtake Garrett or Deuce at this point in time. Now, when right. Garrett leaves after this year, Clark will go to back to cornerback his normal position. But he's got that skill set where he's too good to not have on the field. And so 
you have at least a guy there who you know his skill set is good enough that maybe not in terms of second level tackling, but in terms of one-on-one -on -one coverage, that should be a guy that really, really helps. Yeah, and I think we, we've also heard um, the depth at corner is coming along quite well in a couple of spots with, you know, uh, Jeremiah Wilson, I know, has been tossed around as a impressive freshman in camp. Um, is you have it, the I, darkness transfer as well. Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Yeah. And then even uh, Greg Delane, the other freshman uh, DB, I think is shown flashes too. So, bless Adrian Cole, but it was always a nightmare whenever he came in. It, yeah, you knew, you knew people were injured at that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's football season, boys. <laughs> And tomorrow, it, I, I guarantee Dino doesn't drop. Well, do, does he have to drop a death chart tomorrow? Or, yes. Do they require? So no, we'll he, at least have something. Well, he, I know he, I know last year he didn't drop it until six o'clock that day. Right. Because um, I was so waiting to write the article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would expect Michael is going to just be sitting around waiting for an email or waiting for something from someone in uh, SCU Athletics and will not get it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, there's no chance he drops it before his uh, press conference tomorrow because then, you know, that's going to be every question. Why is so-and-so not right. starting or is starting? Yeah, and the usual standard is right after that he'll, uh, you know, it'll come out. Or if uh, if we end up with a intern hitting send early, then it shows up in the, the links early. So. We'll, we'll hope that happens, but otherwise it's going to be, you know, a little afternoon tomorrow that we'll figure out what's going on. I hope everybody can find something that they hate in this world as uh, as much as Dino hates giving away information about a game the week beforehand, even though he's contractually obligated to have to talk to the media about players and information before a game takes place. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have never... Coaches are weird, man. <laughs> I don't know, what makes you say? Are you speaking I'll from experience I'll try to pull as many there? teeth as I can tomorrow, but I can't guarantee anything with him. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, with with 20 minutes left, uh, we, we got to go to the trench talk. We got to talk about our favorite our favorite space. The reason I wanted to talk about kind of the two, the, the two of them together um, is that I think that there's a lot of uncertainty and shuffling from the outside like our outside perception of the offensive line and the defensive line is that nobody knows what's happening these are the two worst units on the football team that is definitively not the case although we're dealing with two very different sets of player groups um on either side of the ball so let's start on the defensive side of the ball because this is a more this is an interesting group and the most recent development that i wanted to call out is from Emily Lakler, who is the new Syracuse.com football uh, beat writer. Yep. She had an interview with Mikel Jones where Mikel called out that Dennis Jacquez Jr. has basically stepped up and become like a leader of the defensive lineman unit. Uh, he's a red shirt or he's a true, true freshman. Yeah, true. And January. The, and, yes. And Jan and Jones seems to be indicating that uh, Jaquez is hang is basically around the ones like he's in Mikel's group of circle and there he's might be a starting defensive lineman coming in. Um, that would, that would solve the uh, Steve Linton problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So she speculates that Terry Lockett, Caleb Uchukwu, and Jaquez Jr. are going to be your three offensive or three defensive linemen, which is interesting. Um, and and it's really good because then you have either Linton or Francois Knowlton step in in the Cody Roscoe role. Right. Which Turn is, down, pin your ears back, and just go. Yes, which is a... Which for for both of those guys plays really well into their strengths. Yeah, and that, in all honesty, that also does allow Linton to cross train a little and play back off the ball if need be. I again, I think it's I think it's really interesting. Um, we keep talking about how Tony White plays with the idea of like what a formation is and really likes to play around with different personnels and he uses the 335 as basically an amoeba to create different looks and create confusion. It's starting to feel like he's going to start playing around with more of that in the front seven uh, personnel, or actually I should say front six personnel, rather than using the rover to create those different looks and mismatches now that he doesn't have, you know, a future NFL player at the at the rover position that he can just count on uh, week in and week out. Which again showing that Tony White really knows how to adapt and is really willing to adapt at all at all points in times. And I just think we we keep saying that we are really impressed with Tony White and that he's going to be on shortlist for for coaching jobs in the future. I feel like this is another this could be potentially indicating that there's going to be another layer of adaption here and he is really trying to do something with the Syracuse defense that we haven't seen before in terms of uh, schematics and like when Syracuse defenses have been good in the past, it's because we just got insane bodies on the line who wrecked everything. This feels a little bit more uh, scheme focused rather than talent focused. It's yeah, I. It's so tough with the defensive line because you really don't know what you're going to get from the scheme, especially now with what we know about the 335 and it's kind of a it's a stark transition from the Alton Robinson Kendall Coleman era of defensive line to the let's just eat bodies and let the guys behind us do all the work in terms of the numbers uh strategy that that scheme fills it and it's kind of a, in, akin to the defensive backs there's options at defensive line. They're just not experienced options. Right. You've got and bodies. So, yeah. So it's got to be... It, it, it'll be an interesting group to watch. Like, bo- both for different reasons, the defensive line and defensive backs are very interesting to watch just in terms of the personnel because of how much uh, Syracuse can and probably needs to mix and match in both of those areas in order to find a solidified group. And I think they will. Um, I know, uh, I can't remember who who did the other predictions for wins and losses, but I know with me and a couple other people, uh, it was like, chuck up Louisville as a loss because people are still learning uh, where they're going and what they're doing. And in my brain, a lot of that was the defensive line with someone like Malik Cunningham coming to town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Malik Cunningham exists. Good luck. Right. So uh, in my brain, that was kind of part of it was like they're learning on the fly. 
you know, uh, when you talk about getting thrown to the Wolves, that's about as thrown to the Wolves as it gets outside of, like, them against Clemson's offensive line to start the year. So... 2019! Right, yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, all in all, I think I think the unit can turn into something. I think we just need to figure out. And for all we know, since since as we mentioned, Dino doesn't want to tell anybody anything about anything. For all we know, they figured it out in camp, and they're going to come out against Louisville and look like a complete unit. But at this point, there's no way we can you know uh, put any. Uh, we can't put any money on that one because well, we don't know. It's it's one of the known unknowns for this team. Yeah, I I think that that's that's a real it's it's the one of the units that I'm probably the most it's the mo- in, unit I'm most interested in um, on this team right now um, just because there's potential and again we're looking at some really talented freshmen potentially you know playing above their recruiting rank and again if Syracuse has figured out the market inefficiency which is three stars for whichever reason are actually four stars but we get them in the door when they're threes great love it. I'm I'm here for it. Um, let's let's keep let's work that leverage while we got it. Um, speaking of leverage, offensive line. Um, Thank you for there bearing has... the lead until the last possible moment of the episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's been some changes. There's been some injuries. There's been some new centers. Uh, Steve, what's the latest? Slash, uh, what do you think is the most likely line combo we're gonna see for Week One? latest that i've seen from steven and as well as the what i would like to see for week one is left to right bergeron ellis vetterello uh bleich and davis and yes i had to look up at the name again um (laughs) so that would shift dakota davis out to right tackle which he played at the end of last year when uh bleich returned after kalen ellis had been filling in for him um, I believe I can't remember whether Vetterello went down or yeah, it was Vetterello had to have gone. It was yeah, Vetterello, Vetterello, went, Vetterello down. went down, yeah. So service stayed inside at center, and Davis came in at right tackle. Um, that looked better than it should have, and I think that continued to look good through camp. Uh, we went through a couple of different iterations in camp. Um, from the center spot, we've seen a couple new folks working there, including Chris Bleich. Um, I believe Wes Ho and um, uh, still Josh Aloha have been working there as well. Um, it looks like Enrique Cruz is working up the depth charts, so we'll probably see him in rotation. Um, and also, I think Anthony Red is the other second string tackle. Uh, and then Jacob Bradford and um, I don't know, we've got a lot of guards. There's, there's many people that can fill those holes. But the... Uh, the 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 fact remains that we have probably the best starting five we've had since 2018 if we can find a way to keep them healthy this is going to be a very solid and dare i say punch above their weight team um i it in my before i stated that i had half of a second of it's like the perfect game in baseball you don't talk about it but (laughs) at the same time like the key besides chris elmore for this team is keeping those hogs healthy so that Sean Tucker has something to cut behind. And not, not note how I didn't say run behind, but cut behind. Because they can open whatever holes. Sean's just going to run wherever he wants to, and he's going to do it fine. So if they have holes, even better. But, um, you know, uh, 
it's keeping Schrader upright as much as they can and keeping Sean Tucker not being completely, you know, horizontal. Uh, I think we have a good shot of that this year, and I'm very curious to see how this first game charts out. I would love to see a stat of how long the average time Schrader stays in the pocket for. Because I guarantee you it's lower than many other teams, many other quarterbacks, and it's not because of the offensive line. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Can we can we go back to 2018 and start measuring things in dungies? Like, can that become a unit <laughs> yeah. of measurement for how long he stayed in the pocket and just turn that into a, a comparison yeah, yeah. tool? Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm here for it. I kind of love this. Um, I just don't want to go back and watch that. Watch the film. Right. It's gonna make me sad. I would say Mike. That's your job. Go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so Schrader, I think, will probably be at like 0.75 dungies. Like he's yeah. gonna he's, he's gonna scoot quicker, but yeah. Hopefully something changed with his arm, or they did something to make that happier. It's after all this talk. Uh, now here comes the fun part. We have an actual game taking place on Saturday night. Uh, Louisville's coming to the dome. They have this guy named Malik Cunningham, who I don't know if you heard, but he's kind of good, and people like to compare him to another Louisville quarterback who was a good dual threat guy named. Uh, uh, Oh, what's his name? Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's the comparison that they like to throw around. Um, Wait, the guy definitely that heard, the guy that we've seen more highlight more dome highlights of than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, you know, Sa- that Riley guy. Dixon. <laughs> Riley Dixon, the the legend. Um, last year, Lee Cunningham ran for twenty nine hundred yards and or sorry, passed for twenty nine hundred yards and ran for another thousand. Um, just absolutely insane. Uh, he accounted for 39 touchdowns at Louisville. Um, the guy is a bit of a problem. Uh, otherwise, you know, Louisville is a ACC team. I don't think that they're necessarily amazing at any position group, but they have some guys that can get after it. They have a really good um, edge rusher who I saw was voted as one of the uh, was the best um edge rusher in the acc by the you know the conference they're doing all these preview things um on social media they post the highlights of the guys so there's definitely bodies that are going to cause some issues here um steve going into, uh, we'll go around the table so actually we'll start with mike next mike's first on my screen here well and mike, uh, mike did a, a season preview on him too so is there anything else yeah. that you know jumps at you from what we need to look out for in it this week Might be having some technical difficulties. Uh, give it a sec. No. Oh. Yep. Yep. I think we're frozen. Yeah, we're getting we're getting some of that good old air orange X coming through right here. Fine. Can you not hear me? No, no you're, we you're just got you. There for a second. We just got you. And I think we lost him again. Yep. Think so. Yeah, air orange X doesn't like him streaming this nope. long. <laughs> God. Definitely, so. they definitely think he's pirating a video or something. Yeah, shout out to Turkey's Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, been... can we can we pony some noons bucks for like a five G hotspot or something? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what what can Jeremy Wireless do for us here? <laughs> there we go. There we go. This does this does feel like a like a missed opportunity here, JMA uh, Christian. 
matchup to watch for, uh, watch out in this or watch for in this game. Not necessarily watch out, but just matchup to watch. And uh, your prediction for uh, the Saturday night? Uh, wide receiver versus anyone, because we uh, uh, we don't know who the we literally don't know uh, the talent of the wide receivers right now. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, it, it's was, there's a reason why we haven't we really didn't touch on the wide receivers uh, today. And it's because a lot of it does rely on Garrett Schrader actually having the ability to complete a pass. Uh, but it would also help to have wide receivers who can make themselves available for Garrett Schrader. Um, whether they have or not in the past is something, unfortunately, we'll never know. But at the same time, like Syracuse doesn't have that alpha wide receiver that um, we think they have. Yeah, it could be uh, Damian Alford. It could be a Rondé Gatson. We just don't know Devon Cooper or Courtney Jackson. That that's a big question mark that needs to be asked, especially if Syracuse wants to limit Tucker's uh, touches. Prediction wise, I think it's thirty-one seventeen Louisville. Um, I think Louisville just will have more in the tank, and while Syracuse tries to figure out everything, it'll be another one of those games where the where the offense just has a couple too few uh, short drives. And that really tires out the defense. Fair enough. So I'm watching for uh, Yasir Abdullah and Ashton Gillette against the tackles, be it Dakota Davis and Matthew Bergeron or whoever. Uh, they're edge rushers. Um, uh, Abdullah's the the outside linebacker that you were referencing, I'd assume, Andy. And then um, Gillette is the uh, edge on the other side, the defensive, the down lineman. Um, but them matching up on our tackles is going to basically predicate what Trader does and how long or uh, how little he stays in the pocket and what he does. Um, I, uh, I'm i going to go the eternal optimist, and pr- I'm going to probably go like 35-31. I think, I think you're spot on in what Louisville is going to do against us, Christian. I think the weakness in the middle of that Louisville defense because their middle middle linebackers and their uh you know down linemen apparently don't have a whole lot coming back and if Sean Tucker can continually grab some yards against them then that may sustain some of those shorter drives and uh, keep them moving yeah I think we got Michael back here um gonna give him a give give him a shot here and see if uh, he can jump on, is he frozen for you all too? Yeah, yep. the J- not enough JMA. Oh, well. yeah, uh, I was gonna uh, say, for I the think... record, this is a disclaimer by the time we actually write these predictions down in like two days, I'll probably forget what I said, but I'll probably still, <laughs> yeah. go, I'll, I'll probably still go with an SU win, but I probably may not have the details completely the same. Yeah, I was gonna say I always do that. Always do that as well. Also, there's gonna be new information that pops up uh, between between now and then. Hey, Mike. <laughs> Did I finally unfreeze? Jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, if Aaron, Air Orange X will cooperate for one minute, I was saying offensively for the Cardinals, keep your eye. It's just Malik Cunningham, Malik Cunningham, Malik Cunningham. If you can't contain him, then you're the Orange are not winning this game. On the defensive side, I think I heard some of what you were talking about. I think the biggest battle is just you can play the ball over the middle. It's it's against the DBs that you're going to have the most trouble. 
mainly Cottrell Clark, I think I'm saying his name right, uh, definitely one of the biggest threats on that side of the ball for the Cardinals. Uh, one of the best pass defenders in the conference. So we might not see that deep ball connection right away. If, so we might see more of the Schrader keeping it to the low mid-passing game early on, let Tucker do what Tucker does best. It can, it can work for one week, but with all that being said, I think the Cardinals still take this one. I'll go 34-24. Which means we might get to see one of uh, the Syracuse offense's favorite plays from last year, the ten-yard curl from the slot receiver. Hey, if he oh, can we're going to we're going to see that. Yeah, the over under on that is we'll go four and a half. Over under. <laughs> I'll take the over on that all day. Yeah. The I was going to say I think one of the things that is becoming really apparent is that yeah Clark is a is a matchup nightmare for the Orange because again we don't know if any of these wide receivers necessarily have any of the finesse or the technique to maybe create, uh, take, you know, minimize that advantage for Louisville. We know that the only real win we have there is Damian Alford using his size. And again, still really big question mark there. If he's found a way to do it in more than just flashes every once in a while. So I think that Syracuse's best defense against Malik Cunningham is to keep him on the sideline. Easiest way to do that is to kind of run the ball, control the pace of the game uh, with a, basically a run-based approach. And I, I think we're going to see it pretty early and often. Lots of plays where Syracuse is going to be using pre-snap motions to try to move bodies around wait, and basically oh, set wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve and I were on the same wavelength. <laughs> when did they change this? We're allowed to do this? <laughs> when, did Syracuse, when did Syracuse turn into pit from the late 2010s? I'm just saying we got a new offensive coordinator in here, and if I'm looking at Louisville, you gotta find what you gotta do. What Mike said, what Mike and Steve were saying, you gotta open up that middle of the field. Uh, and if you're smart, you just love Elmore and Tucker run up whatever gap in the middle gets created. Uh, and go from there. Um, now, so now, I, now does now does Robert and they have the balls to call a, a route for Chris for Chris Elmore? Listen, yes. if he does, yes, he does. <laughs> he is going to become my new hero. Um, I don't. I said that in the Syracuse seven and five article. Like the the path to a bowl game means winning this game against Louisville. It's pretty much one of the only options where Syracuse gets a team at home. Um, early enough in the season to maybe mitigate some of the S&P differences that exist. Um, so I do, th my, my issue is that I don't know if we're going to be able to execute on such a conservative game plan with enough efficiency right out of the gate. And, um, and for the record, Bill C predicted six and six for the orange. He's got, he's on, I thought he, I thought we were at like five, 5.6 wins. Uh, he, I want to say it was. I, I want to say when they did the ACC preview, he said six and six. So I'll take us bowling, Bill. Yeah, that would take us bowling. I, I, I don't know if they can do it in this game. I will say this: I think the first to thirty wins, um, and I do think that that's going to happen later. I don't think we're going to have the same uh, repeat of previous Louisville performances. I'm gonna. Go Louisville 31, Syracuse 24. Um, and it's going to come down to can the Syracuse defense stop Malik Cunningham on the last possession? I'm going to go no this time um, just because we know that Syracuse takes a little bit to get warmed up sometimes uh, under the current coaching staff. 
um, which is going to just it's a single score loss in this game is going to set the narrative machine on fire. Um, and I kind of here for it. Kind of here for it. Uh, gentlemen, we have gone an hour and talked Syracuse football. Uh, we are back into our normal routine now. For those that have not been with us here before, basically, uh, on Sunday nights, Christian, Steve, and myself are going to jump on. We are going to recap whatever game just took place for the first half hour. For the second half hour, preview the next game and whatever else happened in Syracuse Athletics. Sometimes these are when the shows start running long because now that all the sports are going uh mm-hmm. Taking going on, we there's a lot more to cover. Uh, and we, yeah, we can talk in, about a one yeah. nil win for Syracuse men's soccer. Let's go! Yep, hey. knocked, off, knocked off number 21 Penn State. So, with a Colin Biro's goal, was it? Yeah, Colin Biro's goal. Uh, Lucas Downhower only made four saves, but they were some pretty good saves. There we go. Um, Coach Macback. <laughs> <laughs> Macback. Let's, let's wait until we get into ACC play, but we'll see. Hey, I'll, take, I'll take knocking out ranked, ranked teams whenever I can get them. Exactly. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining us. We look forward to reading all of your coverage this season. Uh, for those that uh, are reading noonsmagician.com, thank you so much. You will see Michael's name a lot this fall. Yeah, thanks a ton for having me, guys. Hopefully, if I'm ever back on, I won't be cutting out as much as I did today. <laughs> no I, worries. It's because, because the JMA wireless contract hasn't gone through yet, but don't worry. We get it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. This is, it's true. For, true time, first guest. We must have some sort of technical difficulties the first time, first time around. It's just, it's, that is the way. Absolutely. Should have seen it when we tried uh, to get this thing up and running. Oh boy. Those first, those first few we, uh, shows were just. <laughs> Not great, Bob. Not great. So. I remember, remember when we used to use Skype for this? Yep. Yes, I do. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to remember that, but I do. <laughs> yep. So, well, I'm going to go watch House of the Dragon. Oh, that just sounds like a uh, Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go sleep because I'm, like I said, recovering from a wedding. Uh, so <laughs> thank you to everybody who thank you to everybody who watched. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, thank you, Homefield, our sponsor. Use promo code NOONS at Homefield Apparel. Uh, to get 10% off your first order. Thank you to those who are watching live on Twitch. We appreciate the support. Thank you to those who are on noonsmagician.com reading this. We will have so much football preview stuff coming out this week. It's going to be a really exciting time. And thank you to those who are listening on your podcast platform of choice, helping us grow the Ottoman Empire every day. Uh, As always, go Orange. Go Go Orange. Orange.